listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, Episode 133. Mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with another mental performance coach, Sonny Wabwitsi, where he shares his story of transition and how he challenged his limiting belief systems and developed a different relationship with fear. Sonny also shares the importance of having a support system and having the right people within your inner circle to hold you accountable to achieve success. What would more wins, higher productivity, or quicker recovery mean for you? NeuroPeak Pro optimizes human performance by working to promote balance within the autonomic nervous system. Used by the world's elite athletes, this training program is now available to you at home. Cutting-edge neuroscience and technology allows you to strengthen your brain remotely, anytime, anywhere. Schedule your evaluation and get started with your brain training today. Visit NeuroPeak Pro and receive a 10% discount by using the promo code GRANTPAR. interested in a full body resistance training system to achieve your athletic and fitness goals, the mass suit from Juke Performance is your answer. The mass suit is a full body resistance training suit that you wear during your exercising or sports specific training to enhance your speed, strength, power, agility, and endurance. You are fully mobile and it's great for plyometric and high intensity training. It engages all muscle groups simultaneously and increases to a 50% caloric burn. Check out the mass suit at jukeperformance.com and other fitness-related products and make sure to use the promo code GRANTPAR, one word, G-R-A-N-T-P-A-R-R, for your 10% discount. Hey, Sonny, how are you? Hi, Grant. Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, thank you very much for having me on your show. Uh, looking forward to it. All right. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to have you on my show. Um, I always love having my peers on my show, people that are other you know, sports psychology consultants or mental performance coaches that we get to talk about, you know, similar things that we've gone through throughout our career. And, you know, I think one thing that you are dealing with and have been dealing with recently is transition. And I think that we're all dealing with transition with what's going on, what's going on with the pandemic right now. And we're going to get into kind of how you've dealt with transition, how you're dealing with it right now um, from a mental performance standpoint, mental performance coaching standpoint. But we're also going to dive into a couple other different topics as well. But before we do that, I always love talking about mental toughness. Uh, it's a great way to set the tone for the show. So okay. when you think about you know being a mental mental performance coach and all the things you've gone through through your whole life, so when you think about you know being mentally tough, like what does that mean to you? Um, I suppose where I am now after what I've been through, especially recently, for me, I think mental toughness is. The stars being able to express your emotions and be vulnerable, um, especially when you're going through challenging times. So being able to say, you know, I need help, um, things are not going so well, just, just, yeah, not just suffering in silence. I think that's a big part. Um, being able to adopt what I call the challenge mindset. So you always seek out new opportunities. You always put yourself outside of your comfort zone um, with that kind of mindset that I'm, I'm here to learn. 
and whenever you fall down, you're quick, quick to kind of pick yourself back up, learn the lessons, and keep pushing forward. Um, and I also find that being able to to bounce back from setbacks is a big thing because I think in life you're always gonna you're gonna hit walls, and and being able to kind of take take a step back, learn the lesson, and then keep going forward. I think to me that's kind of that's mental toughness at the moment. Well, what I love about what you talked about was about being vulnerable, which I am a hundred percent in agreement with you on that, and also suffering and si- not suffering in silence, which I've never heard that. And this is one thing I know my listeners have heard me say over and over and over again. But still, that this question right, being mentally tough, I think we all know what mental toughness means, but. You know, after 115, 120 episodes, there's pretty much a different answer to that question every show. So it's it's pretty cool to to kind of hear your thoughts on that and, and the way you look at mental toughness. Now, you know, considering that you've recently just moved from the UK to the United States, yeah, and and then you know you had to go through that transition and transitioning into you know, quote unquote, our culture, but just just the transition is is not easy. Um, and then you have to deal with this global pandemic that we're going through right now. So when you think about mental toughness, and I can only imagine that you're tapping into your mental toughness through these times, what do you think is that one thing that is attributing to your mental toughness right now? Um, I think, yeah, if I think about this transition uh, before this pandemic even here, it's been a, a roller coaster ride for me. Um, I came over with my wife was five months pregnant. Um, so I've also just recently become a dad, changing career, changing culture. And the biggest thing I had to, to do was really kind of um, understand my, my thoughts. Um, so I've been practicing mindfulness for some time now. And before I came over, I kind of made sure I did this kind of deep reflections to understand what my fears were. And instead of trying to just push them away or hide them under a rug, I just I was able to accept them. Um, I also verbalized them to my wife. Um, and then I just I really kind of created I ran through scenarios in my head of, OK, this is probably going to happen when I get there. How am I going to cope with it, really? And the biggest thing that was helpful was when when it's actually it's, it's different when you kind of make a plan of what you think is going to happen when you actually get here and you're you're going through all the kind of change and everything but biggest part for me it was being able to give myself that space between my my thoughts um so that when my mind is telling me certain stories I've already kind of created that space so I can decide each day when I have a challenge how am I going to engage with my thoughts how do I want to behave and that's really kind of helped me navigate this transition. And it's also still helping me now deal with um, all the, the pandemic that we see going around us um, is being able to just stay on top of my, my thinking and not allow anxiety and negative thinking to take over and choosing how am I going to relate to my thoughts each day. You know what I love about that answer is that, and I talk about this a lot with with you know, our peers about being our work. So being a mental performance coach, mental skills trainer, whatever title you are, 
I think yeah. it's very important that we are we are our work. It's you know we are working with athletes all the time, working with performers to teach them these mental skills. But if we're not doing it, there's I think there's a disconnect there. And so when I asked that question about you know what are you doing as far as being mentally tough, you're tapping into you know your thought process, you're tapping into your emotions, you're tapping into mindfulness, and and I love hearing that because you're. And, and also having a better relationship with your fear. Because right now there's, I mean, I, from what I'm seeing, considering what the times that we're living in, there's a lot of fear-based thinking. Like, it's just fear, fear, fear. And um, so, A, I love it that you're being about your work. You're being purposeful. You're being intentional every day. You're dropping in with yourself, which I love. And, and I do want to talk about fear. Because right now there's all different kinds of fear that are happening for people. So... Out of curiosity, when we, when we just think of fear, again, another word that we, you and I both know, but we all have yeah. a different f- meaning to it. What is your relationship with fear? What? How do you deal with fear? Um, so kind of for me now, uh, since doing this transition, I've kind of changed my relationship for fear because I think in my previous career, before I made this jump into sports psychology, there were a lot of things I didn't even realize I'd created boundaries I was afraid of. Um, but since I kind of made the jump, um, I, I kind of call it challenging your limiting beliefs. So now when I'm afraid, I, I first thing I do is accept the fear. I don't try and drown it out or hide it away from it. And by accepting the fear, I then try to work out is it a legitimate fear, like a real fear of if you're outside and a wild animal was chasing you? For me, that's real fear. It's, there's no pretend about that. Right. Or it's just a fear that you've made believe in your head and comes from some percep- perception or perspective that you used to have that really doesn't serve you anymore. And if it's, if it's one of those cases, then my motto at the moment um, is always to, to challenge myself and put myself outside of my comfort zone so once if I, if I feel the fear I accept it I try to understand what the emotion is um, and then if it's the case that it's not I call it if it's not a rational fear then I kind of I put myself outside my comfort zone and I feel the only way to deal with fear is to go and go and do that thing so if, for instance like speaking in public there's no way around it, but putting, getting up, getting up stage, and, and actually start talking, and then the fear will soon, soon go away, and you soon see that it's not a rational fear. De- definitely, um, and, and I'm I'm glad that you talked about that because I think there's, um, there's all these different forms of fear, and I think as depending on what our our dynamics are individual, we have different things that we're dealing with right now. Um, and so, yeah, I think you hit on different kinds of fears and, and I love how you actually, how you've developed this process to deal with fear and identify different types of fear. And I think, you know, it's interesting. I don't want to go too deep on this. Uh, but when, when you think about like this fear that we're living in right now, like the, the, it's, is there a danger to us right now? Yes. But it, to me, it's not, it's not in my room per se. Right, I'm not like, and I know this is totally far fetched, but it's not like I'm stuck in here with a wild animal, right? Um, that's real fear. I don't have anybody putting a gun to my head. That's real fear. Um, that's life or death danger. Now, 
but so is so so is this pandemic but it's it's like it's in the future for me it's like it's far away but it's there but it's not in my room so um so it's challenged me like what we're going through as far as fear it's allowed me to look at different ways of having a different relationship with fear uh, my my internal fear you know or that that fear that i'm making up the story that's making up that is more future based so i think it's a I like the way that you think about it. I think we can definitely have another episode uh, about talking about fear. But right. I, I do want to stick on on this transition, the theme of transitioning, because you and I had this similar path. We we both were, we had corporate jobs. Um, you know, definitely had a, a, a athletic background before our corporate jobs. But we, we decided at, at a point of our lives to transition out of our corporate careers into the sports psychology field. So... You know, when you did that, what was your motivation to leave your corporate life? And and how was that transition? Was it smooth? Was it challenging? Um, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I did. So I've worked investment bank for about the last 18 years. And uh, when I made when I made the transition, it was probably when I left my job was 2018. But I started I, found, I started doing sports psychology 2016. But it was very it was very scary. Um, and I don't think I'd have had the courage to do it if it wasn't for my wife. Just kind of kept pushing me um, to to follow, kind of follow my heart and follow my passion. Because um, I mean, I did the career. It was really good for me and kind of helping me give a career and helped me get some stability in my life. But there was a friend of mine who she did psychology, and I always used to remember her whenever she talk about her her job. And the way she would always, she would even practice her her work, her therapist work on us as friends. I used to always remember thinking she she could do this, you know, even if she wasn't getting paid for it. And I it started to kind of make me realise that when you do a job, there should be that passion and that joy that comes um, with your job. And it's something I've not had been completely alien to me from my background, where work was just always supposed to be you get a job, you get income, and you have stability. So having to make that transition to leave stability and income, especially with my upbringing, it was always very, very scary. But I think when I, I kind of met my wife, and by that point I'd started my sports psychology. I did a, a kind of a short course while I was working before I did my master's. And I keep talking to her about it. And she, she just kept pointing out to me that this is something that I keep, you know, I keep talking about. I was volunteering at a place. I don't, said that if it means so much to you, then you owe it to yourself to just to take that chance. Um, and it was, I mean, it's definitely not been smooth because in the UK, as the, maybe in the US, I'm, I'm slowly finding out, sports psychology is really it's a fragmented kind of field. It's not, there's not a clear path you say, go and do this and then you get an income and get, get paid. So to actually take that jump was, was very, very scary. And it's been a, a learning experience all the way through. Um, and at each stage, I just, the fear is always there where you kind of keep thinking, am I doing the right thing? Uh, how's this going to end up? But what I've learned is the joy of actually just dealing with uncertainty um, is actually allows you that ability to be creative. And if you keep trusting yourself and keep humbling yourself to learn, uh, you will come out on the other end and things will work out. 
you know, you brought something up that resonates with me because when I went through my transition and still, you know, you know, I'm about five years into this, um, man, if I didn't have my wife, I mean, yeah. for many reasons, just, you know, the, she's just an incredible supporter, but, uh, I love the way her mind works. And there's so many times where, um, she's helped me, you know, look at things differently as far as working, um, you know, in, in a particular situation, uh, she's great at solving problems. So she's just been, been my partner through this, um, helping me through this, um, so I think it's huge. I think you and I both know having a support system for ourselves and for our athletes and for our coaches is huge. But I think, but for us, it's great. Yeah. And that's just what you just said of being able to look at things differently. I think if you didn't have somebody there who, because at times where I've just hit roadblocks and kind of think I'm trying, I'm trying hard, I'm doing everything and it's just not working. And then my wife's just there and say, you know, have you tried it in this, this approach? And also when you're dealing with clients, it just helps you think about human beings and, and see different aspects of them. So right. it's been useful for me. Totally. You know, and sometimes I think anybody, when we're doing something that we love, sometimes we get so close to it. So it's uh, hard to maybe look at it differently <clears throat> or allow yourself to step you know, back and, and look at it from a different angle. And um so for me, it's been it's been really helpful just the transition piece of it and and having someone you know in my corner because maybe you can you know this is perfect question segue into the next question but you know being a mental performance coach or sports psychology consultant it can be lonely at times and yeah. when you're all by yourself and there's nobody like around sometimes it can be you know lonely but um, has it been lonely for you and and how do you deal with that? Um. I think, yeah, in the start, it was lonely because you were kind of just working on your own, trying to find clients, trying to do your studying. But, and then again, this was something that my wife, she encouraged me to do while I was still doing my master's while working. Um, she encouraged me to join like this international young sports psychology um, group called ENISP. And I used to go to the conferences and I'd meet up with them. And I just found that was a huge source of resource where if I had a question, I can just post it and somebody else is either having the same problem or have dealt with it or can put you forward to someone else. And and then before I came to the U.S., what I find definitely in the U.S. was uh, there were two people I reached out to while I was still studying. And I was very surprised that they, they, just, they agreed to speak with me and they've been just valuable sources of information, almost like mentors. Um, and then one of them set up, a, she called it a mastermind group. Um, her name's Carrie Cheadle. So we did a mastermind group where there was about 10 of us. And it's the first time since I've been doing this for now four years where we got to every week, we were speaking with other, other sports psychologists and they were sharing ideas of how do you do your business? You know, how do you manage your time, prioritizing your work? So recently it hasn't been as lonely, but Definitely in the start, um, it was it was a bit of a, a lonely process. That's great. I actually I know Carrie. Carrie was actually uh, one of my professors <clears throat> during my my grad program. Yeah, small world. Yeah, so she was. <clears throat> it's interesting because you know her focus. A lot of her focus is um, is injury, uh, the psychology of injury, and, and helping athletes deal with injury and career-ending injuries, which is the one of the reasons why I actually, that was the main reason why I got into this field, uh, due to my injuries, my career-ending injuries. So, and then I realized as I 
started to get <clears throat> started to get more into this field, I would, there's so many other things I wanted to focus on. I still focus on that. But I remember when I first started my program, I, she was uh, very impactful. I was like, wow, like she knows her stuff. Um, so that's awesome that she's a mentor and has, you know, created a resource for you <clears throat> to allow you to, you know, to still learn and ask questions and, and feel a part of something. Because again, going back to that question, it can be in this role, it can be lonely. So, you know, with that being said, going to this next question, when you think about being a, a sports psychology consultant, what do you think is like the hardest part of your job? And what is the most rewarding part of your job? Um, I'd definitely say for me at the moment, the hardest part of my job has got to be the business development side. Um, trying to trying to get clients, trying to keep the clients. Um, it's, it's, it's really hard. And it might be also because I'm looking to, because I worked in the corporate sector for a long time. So I'm also looking to help people I used to work with and I find really hard trying to communicate to them what exactly my value proposition is uh, to them. And this is something I constantly keep refining. Uh, and my wife actually helps me by just getting me to think, not just as a sports site, but actually think what are the problems other people face outside of sports that you actually address. So that, that to me is, is the hardest part is the business development side and communicating our message to everyone so that they understand where it is that we can help them. Um, the most rewarding part for me has to be when I've worked with clients where when it gets to that performance they've, they've delivered and they've made it count where it really matters. Um, so there was a client who I worked with who when I first met them they were going through a lot of you know life challenges and setbacks it just seemed that from the moment I met them, those setbacks just kept, kept coming. Um, being able to work with this person now for the last two, three years, just seeing what they've come through is just, yeah, it kind of makes it all worthwhile. You can't really put it into words how rewarding it feels to being able to help them, support them, and help them really unlock their potential that I always knew was there. And seeing that come through is... It makes it really. It makes it all worth it. Out of all the things that you teach, all the things that you focus on, and again, you know, kind of connecting, you know, the most rewarding part of your job. Um, what is the thing that you love to to coach the most or teach the most to an athlete? What, what technique or strategy? My strategy, I kind of, I call it flow zone training, and uh, it's essentially just using a logbook where we start off by kind of understanding what good looks like. And then we create targets. Um, and then every day or every week, depending on how the athlete wants to use it, they set intentions for themselves before they go to training. I, you know, this is why I want to achieve two or three things. And then they start to build awareness of actually what's going on in their mind. Because I find most of the people I work with, they're, they're not even aware what they're saying to themselves and the stories that they're, they're going on in their mind and the limiting beliefs that they have. And what I love is when you use this process, when the athlete buys in or the client buys into it, when they start to build their awareness themselves um, and then they start to reflect and they kind of think, Jesus, 
Is this what I'm telling myself? When, you know, when when that when the penny drops and that clicks, that that's the bit I love the most because I I find I don't really do anything. I think everybody has the capability of of solving their own problems. It's just giving them the toolkit so that they can start to build that awareness and then they can start to think, okay, this is what I want to do. <clears throat> One of the things I love to do is, uh, and you brought it up, is uh, setting intentions, teaching an athlete, you know, why we do that. Um, and typically what I say is, you know, intentions equals a mindset. The more intentional, the more purposeful we're living out that mindset. And, and teaching them how to set it every day or before practice or before their competition or before going into, you know, a class or an exam or, or a meeting, whatever it is, um, connecting that learning and teaching them how to connect it with their breath to make it even more, um, more alive, if you will. And, and yeah. also in the midst of connecting your intention with your breath, having them visualize what it looks like and what it feels like so they can realize it more. So for me, that's one of the things that I love to teach. So that's awesome that you love to teach that as well. But for me, like, and, and this is what I think you were saying as well, is getting that buy-in. Like when when I'm teaching something and you can just see it, they're just like, they're like drinking from a fire hose going, oh my gosh, I love this. You know, they're just, they're eating it up. They're coming, they're coming to every session with questions um, they're sharing stuff in their journal. They're bringing me stuff to work with. And it's okay that I'm trying to pull stuff out of them. That's my job. But <clears throat> for them to <clears throat> bring me stuff and for them to share their thoughts, their emotions, what they're dealing with, how can they get better with this situation, to me it's like it. there's a frequency that I get. I, I buzz because I'm like, oh, this is what I signed up for. This is what I love is when, <clears throat> when athletes are bought in. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And when, when I've worked with athletes where they've really bought into this logbook thing, um, and usually after a while I've been working with them, what I love is the, the vulnerability and authenticity of when they're sharing their deepest, you know, things that are bothering them and how they, and then when they manage to start solving the problems for themselves. For me, it's even a learning experience, just watching them, how they navigate things in their life. And I'm like, wow, okay. So that's how you do it. Um, that that bit, I really gives you such a buzz. Definitely, definitely. Now, now that you're in the states, you know, is there a dream job that if you could work for a particular team, institution, sport? What would that be for you right now? Oh, actually, that's a good a dream job. Um, <laughs> I'm living in DC. Just in case if anyone's listening to this. Um, who lives in DC? And um, there's a, there's a company called Monumental Sport, and they they have like several different teams: uh, basketball, um, they've got baseball and, and other teams on there. And I'd love to work for something like that, where I could go to these different teams and help educate about performance psychology and help put some sort of infrastructure in place on how to help all the players and staff work on their mental fitness. Um, and then I'd still love to keep doing what I'm doing, working one-on-one -on -one with clients on the side as well. At the moment, that, that would be my dream job. Awesome. Well, this is my, um, one of my favorite questions that I love asking everybody at the end of the, uh, end of the episode is it's a reflection question. So when you reflect on your career, 
Yeah. What do you think you've learned the most about yourself? That's actually an interesting one. Um, it was something I never really thought about myself. So um, I mentioned when I was doing this mastermind program that Kerry Cheadle put together. And one of the tasks they asked us was to reach out to about five friends and just ask them to come back with five things that they, you know, they thought about you that describes you. Um, and one of the coaches who I've worked with, who helped me when I first started in sports psychology, he came back and he wrote the word fearless. Hmm. And I never, I would never use that word to describe me. So I asked him afterwards and he said that it's, he thinks that, well, even though I'm afraid and something scares me, that I will still keep going out and doing that thing if I think it's right and pushing on. And over the last two, three years, I can definitely say, yeah, hand on heart, that's that's been the way my life has played out. And before then, if you said, told me that I'm fearless, I wouldn't even have believed it. But yeah, it's definitely something I've found in the last three years of not letting my limiting beliefs stop me from, yeah, from chasing my dreams. Beautiful. And out of curiosity, like, could you go back in this moment, could you go back to maybe that moment in your life where that fearlessness was created? Like, what was it that allowed you to, to step into an uncomfortable situation or a fearful situation and lean into it and be fearless? Yeah. The moment that just jumps up in my head is probably since I got married <laughs> about four years ago. Um, I think from that moment, I've, I've had to come out of my comfort zone. Um, like from the moment I met my wife and just realized that this was the person I wanted to be with, but she lived in a different country at the time. Uh, and for some reason, all the obstacles just didn't mean anything to me at that time even though I was really scared of how you're going to make this work I just kind of thought you have to make it work somehow um, I didn't know how but I just knew I would and I think that's from that moment just leaning into the fear and just thinking right this is this is what you really want this is what you're dreaming of just keep pushing forward uh, and then since then she moved from Nigeria to the UK uh, from then we've now moved to the US um i've changed careers and we now have a, a son so i think i think that that would probably be the starting point of when i started leaning into the fear that's awesome man and i i really uh you know appreciate you sharing that and and being vulnerable on my show i think you know always having somebody that is a peer within the field you know, not only do I want to have athletes, coaches, um, you know, authors and sporting executives to come in here, you know, come on my show and talk about the mental game, you know, and their experiences. But I think it's really important that people understand some of the things that we go through, um, you know, with this profession and what and how we actually deal with life, because the things that we teach athletes, they're life skills. And, and I want to highlight that, you know, to my listeners that, you know, people like us, you know, we live our work. And it's important, and it shows up a lot. And considering what you've had to go through in the last three to six months with transition, I, I would, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think because you've done this work and, you've, and you do it every day, it's allowed you to weather the storm and deal with these different types of transitions that you're dealing with currently. I, I think, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think if I hadn't have done this, I wouldn't have been able to navigate 
because um, it has been very, very challenging. Um, all the change, having to have the humility to keep picking yourself up after you get knocked down because everything is just a challenge from going, just even going to the grocery store, everything's different, learning to drive on the different side of the road. Um, and I definitely think the mental skills has helped me. I know for, for a fact my wife says that me doing this job definitely helps her when she kind of about to have an emotional break. She can just come down, come to me and, and I'll just listen and then kind of point things to her. You know, have you tried this? Should you do that? So it's definitely helped with this transition, 100%. That's awesome. And, and I'll bring up a, a little bit of a funny thing, um, the opposite of it, because, you know, I'm human. There's some times where, you know, I'm dealing with some stuff and, and I don't maybe handle it the right way. Um, it's so funny when, when I'm, you know, maybe feel a little bit stressed out and I'm, I have a lot on my, you know, plate, you know, and I'm not being my work in the moment, my wife will be like, okay, mental performance guy. She'll just say that. And I'm like, yeah. that, that's where I, did, I take a deep breath and I go, okay, this is, this is where I, I need to reframe the situation. I need to be different and make a different choice and be my work. Uh, but it's funny uh, how she checks me in the moment when I'm not being my work. Yeah, my wife does a similar thing in where if I'm starting to get angry or, or yeah, not, 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 <laughs> just remind me about what are your intentions? Yeah. You set, and then you have to take a step back and say, okay, yeah, I did. I did set those intentions and I did share them with you and you're right. correct. Right. So, I totally agree with you. I think for what we do, if we don't live our work or as I call it, practice what you preach. Yep. Um, an athlete will see, or a client will see through it. Um, you can't, you can't try to, especially this mindfulness and stuff that you do. If you don't do it yourself, somebody will just, they're not going to buy into it. Exactly. A hundred percent. Yes, Sonny, thank you for, for being on my show and, and sharing your thoughts, um, about things you're going through, being vulnerable with your transition and sharing your journey as a mental performance coach or sports psychology consultant. I really appreciate your time and your energy, and, um, and I'm really excited to share this with, with my listeners. Thank you so much for having me. It's been, a, yeah, I really enjoyed the opportunity to talk about, and it's also been insightful for me, actually, just thinking about this transition and what I've been through and, and what I've learned from it. So, yeah, I really enjoyed this experience, Grant. Awesome.